and welcome to Writing About Dragons and Shit, a podcast where two authors and a writer get together and talk about the ways that we tell stories. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, your resident writer and podcaster from such shows as Difficulty Class and Champions of Lore, and with me each week are two amazing people who are... I'm Erin M. Evans. I am a fantasy writer best known for the Brimstone Angel Saga. B. Dave Walters, I say words about things. I'm just all over the place. I'm going to be teaching my writing course again soon. So, hey. Yeah. I lose, I lose track of when you're going to hear this. I'm like, it's going to happen soon. Or it has already <laughs> happened in the past. Or honestly, it's going to happen soon again. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Ti- time might be has happening. lost all meaning. Yeah. It's wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Yes. Exactly. Um, well, tonight uh, we are here. Well, I don't know if it's tonight when you're listening to this listener. It could be the day. I don't I mean, know. Wait, wait, are we, do, so are we doing? Are we doing writings about dragons after dark? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was when Rhiannon was on. <laughs> yeah. Did you not? Did you miss that episode? <laughs> True. I suppose that was then, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, the topic this week is making heroes. We talked about making villains first, which I think is funny because, like, in the Batman way, villains are more interesting. It's true. <laughs> Um, so yeah, where do y'all want to start with making heroes? This is very near and dear to my heart because I, I got started the in, in the geek space talking at panels and things about the symbolic significance and the spiritual significance of like superheroes and superhero narratives. Um, to me, I believe I shared this with you in the past. That is the fact that we tell stories is what makes us human. Everything we do, some other mm. creature does. Uh, and in the fullness of time, when we find out what like crows and whales and elephants are saying to each other, they might be doing it too. But as of now, we're the only ones. And I think Jung and um, Joseph Campbell were really on to something with the hero mm. with a thousand faces and the journey into individuation and the fact that we continue to tell ourselves about the basic process through which you have to go through at arrive at being who you are again and again and again across the centuries mm-hmm. and across time and across culture is incredibly significant. So you cannot put enough weight and value on the importance of these stories. Yeah. I, I think that's the best place we've ever started off on an episode. I did, I did a serious. <laughs> I care about this one. No, I like this, yeah. this was, I mean, don't get me wrong. I care about all of them, but it's like, you know, fuck it. We're having cocktails and stuff. But no, this really, I'm literally wearing a Superman shirt while we're doing yep. this. So, yeah. 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 No, the, 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 the hero's journey and all of that, like, you know, we've talked about that in an episode mm-hmm. and it's. It, like, I remember learning about that, like, in a mythology class and just having my mind blown. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, Hercules is like this. And then that was like that. What? <laughs> um, and, and like, even, like, you know, we brought up Star Wars in that mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. And Luke Skywalker is is a hero and, you know, seen as a hero, went through the hero's journey, everything. But, like, you're wearing Superman shirt right now. Yep. Superman didn't really go through the hero's journey. Well, I think it's worth considering what the hero's journey, like what it what it's a tool for. Um, mm-hmm. It is a way to compare uh, myths. Not all hero myths yeah. have all the parts, and not all myths need to have all the parts. Um, so you know, don't don't use it as your outline, but use it as a sort of roadmap for what is resonant. I think um, the sort of beats that will kind of help you tell your story. You may not require all of them, and they may not all look the same, but. This is a this is a story form that appeals to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So there, there's um a couple of ways of looking at this, and I know there, there's definitely people who there is a push in some circles. Um, Bria Iyengar and I talk about this a lot about like kind of um. A rejection of the hero's journey in the sense that it is it is kind of a, a Western conception that, you know, other storytelling modalities didn't follow, that it is can be very male centric, um, which I think also is true because I think that was more individual culture than the concept, though, because there's definitely female protagonists that have fallen into this across time um, as well. Um, the. Superman is tough in the sense that you got a character who has existed for, you know, 70 years, right? Um, so you can you can still apply uh, all of the various aspects to Superman's journey. But to Aaron's point, not 
every story hits every beat of it. And quite frankly, at this point, audiences are sophisticated enough, consciously or unconsciously, that if you do too much of it, they don't like it. But if you do too little of it, they don't like it either. <laughs> you know, um, you, you kind of got to b- balance it out um, a little bit. Um, you I know, think Superman is a good example of that because of Man of Steel. Yeah. Like that was a very polarizing movie for a lot of Superman fans. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't hate Man of Steel. I spoiler alert, it's been long enough now. I didn't hate the fact that Superman kills Zod because people were like, Superman doesn't kill, Superman doesn't kill. And I very much did not like how indiscriminately Batman killed in Batman versus Superman. Batman kills dozens of people in that movie, which is not at all how he works. But the reason why I liked Superman having to kill Zod is it gave his morality a basis in something other than Mm -hmm. I'm white from Kansas. Because that Mm -hmm. was always the thing. It's just if everybody just had a little more Kansas, the world would be a better place. (laughs) You know, like we raised this alien God and, you know, that's just everybody needed more mind pocket, you know, to be like, (laughs) versus like, I tried, there was not a solution. Zod tells him, he's like, you will not stop me. You will not imprison me. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to kill these people and Mm -hmm. I'm going to kill a lot more people. And Mm Kal-El doesn't have another choice. And again, everybody was complaining. I'm like, what were you supposed, what was he supposed to do? So Mm -hmm. now it means something when he doesn't want to kill someone. It means something when he's been pushed to that point versus just i'm just not gonna because i'm better than you which yeah being the you know the the it i have to i have to pace myself here because i literally will nerd out about this about hours <laughs> <laughs> don't worry i was, I was Ca- gonna rein you in don't Ca- worry captain america and superman serve the exact same narrative function of the moral superlative they're the person that does the right thing when doing the right thing is difficult. But remember, Captain America is the super soldier. Captain America yeah. kills a shit ton of Nazis. So many Nazis. <laughs> no? Yeah. And that's just how it is. So, yeah. you know, the... the Don't I, get me wrong. Kill Nazis is great. That's true. <laughs> it's, sort of like, yep. it's like the opposite, right? It's like when you when you add a negative, right? Is it... If you kill a Nazi, isn't it... It's, it's true. Like, it's, 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 it's a net gain. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you created a whole extra person, kind of, but not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so why don't why don't we take a step back a little bit and and talk about because we talk about like so, some of the iconic ones, like Hero's Journey ones and Superman and stuff like that. But like, what do you normally do when looking to make the hero of your story? And when we talk about this, just out of curiosity, are we talking about? Uh, protagonist or some kind of particular type of because they're yeah, not I, necessarily the same th- thing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I I think, hmm, like, can we define what a hero is for this for the purposes of? Oh, we're 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 gonna get Ooh. down in it. We're getting greased, baby. Let's go back. <laughs> yeah, no, let, let, two thousand years. Let's what even that. is the hero? Yeah, you, you, you define. Yeah. I'm, I'm look at that. I'm, I'm not gonna Google I don't know anything. I, can. Um, I believe in you. <laughs> well, well, then how about this? How about we put it into terms of uh, this being like the opposite version of our villains episode okay. where we're, we're talking about the person that is trying to stop that villain. The measure of heroism is sacrifice. That is the definition of heroism. So a protagonist and a hero are not always the same, but they can yeah. be, you know? Uh, you can have a story, a movie like uh, Falling Down, the Michael Douglas movie, where dude snaps and starts killing people, and he's the protagonist, yes. but he is not heroic. Yes. Um. So, uh, y- you know, it- it's interesting to me that human beings crave this example of something to aspire towards or something mm-hmm. to aspire away from you know there mm-hmm. there's a reason why superhero movies make multi-billion dollars 
happens year yeah. after year after year after year after year because we want that. And when you don't have that, this is why everybody had such a negative reaction or so many people, not everybody, only the people with good taste, had such a negative reaction to <laughs> Luke Skywalker in the recent Star Wars movies. But mm -hmm. everyone lost their minds when he showed up in The Mandalorian. Also, spoiler alert, but that was like nine months ago. <laughs> you know, because... I cried so much again yeah. when they were like one X-Wing. Oh, we're saved. And I was um, like, oh, but you are, though. Red five yeah. is here. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it, it like that was <laughs> that gave me the moment that I wanted in Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. And it's because like the Luke Skywalker being a hero meant something to me. Yep. And I, and I'm not saying Ryan Johnson owed me anything for that. Like I I, I have my problems with with <laughs> I know I uh, I have my problems with the Last Jedi, but like I I I'm not sitting here trying to say that. But no the the I I understand what you're saying though about like the 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 sacrifice and stuff like that. Uh, sorry, I, I I interrupted you and was trying to get it back there, but you you <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I was mid rant. I mean I mean, but it, it's 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 the same reason why in Avengers Endgame, and I always come back to this scene when Captain America stands up with the broken shield and straps it to his arm and he's the only one left and there is an oncoming army and Captain America is the one who won't back down. That's what we want. That is what mm -hmm. human beings crave. Because mm -hmm. then when the on your left moment happens, you... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? But because I mean, you know, obviously there there is a place for morally gray storytelling. There is a place for anti-hero. You know, there there is a place for tragedy. You know, uh, outright. Um, you know, many many characters. I mean, in in many ways, at a, in the risk of gross oversimplification, the real difference oftentimes between you know a, a comedy and a tragedy is whether or not. They learn their lesson, whether or not there's mm. Romeo and Juliet in a Midsummer Night's Dream are the same story. It's just the kids get together in this one and don't get together in this one. <laughs> you know, so there's and, the guy with the donkey head. Yeah, but, but <laughs> bring, him some, bring him some sweet hay. Sweet <laughs> hay. You know? It's Titania and Oberon are, are the ones that make the difference. Um, so you, it, it, but but I also think this is when because um, we 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 were literally just talking about this in a completely different context before we went live that you can't force epic moments. This is part of the reason why Batman versus Superman didn't work. Which again, I didn't hate. I didn't hate it, but it didn't work. In mm -hmm. you know the moments where it's like the slow motion and the lightning flash, and you're like, ah, this is the important part, and you're like, mm, you is have it to though? Build to that. Yeah. yeah, you have to earn it. You have to earn it. You know, you can't just be like, "Here are the buttons, and I pushed them." Right, because then, then you resent can... you resent that. You know what you I mean? You, that you, a lot. You, you resent that, right? Because it, yeah. I, I mean, we all want a little romance. We do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, you don't want it to be just purely transactional. Me up to the hero's success, please. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, tell me I'm yes. pretty and kiss on my neck a little bit. Like, that's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, don't just. Don't just be like, here's Thor's hammer. I'm like, Thor, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the hand gestures, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm that. really glad that that doesn't translate through podcasts. Or know, did it? Mm -hmm. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you've, you've kind of pointed at something really important here, which is that you don't get to have a hero without stakes. And you don't get to have a hero... <laughs> without asking presenting them with a with a situation that's seems overwhelming mm -hmm. that uh, an average person might just wash their hands up and walk away and they don't and then it gets worse yep um mm -hmm. and they rise to the occasion and i think that's a very important part um is that you have to create a situation where they must rise to the occasion and they mm -hmm. do and it is a difficult thing if it's and easy it's it's just not that heroic Yes, mm -hmm. the villain must be greater than the hero, and the hero must act and not be acted upon. Oh my the, god, yes. You, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the example I always give, if the three of us are together, and Trevor falls to the ground choking, and I give him CPR, <laughs> that's a heroic act. If Trevor falls to the ground choking, and I look at him, and Aaron says, holy shit, give him CPR, and I'm like, oh, okay, 
it's no longer a heroic act. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. I think you can argue for if there was something where it's like, you have to choose in the choice, you have to make the right choice, but the difference between not doing it and doing it is not great enough. I realize we're a writing show and I give a lot of movie examples, but that's because I write movies and oh, they're the same I know, thing. Yeah, right? no, the, 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 this is writing well, in general. Like, this is not just for that. Yeah. One of the greatest scenes of all time, the first Spider-Man and the Green Goblin, when he's got oh. the kids and Mary Jane, some oh. monster offers you a sadistic choice. Choose. And there's that close-up of Spider-Man's face and Mary and Jane's in one in the, eye and in the, the kids in the oh. other. Oh. 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 So great. Sorry. Okay. I lost my mind in that theater during that movie. So Spider-Man's great. my favorite superhero. Yeah. And it, I, I, that was my heaven, was watching that yeah. film on screen. <laughs> okay, so this is actually a thing that I have seen in manuscripts that drives me nuts when it's done mm-hmm. badly. Like, you cannot create a moral quandary by offering a choice that doesn't have any kind of, like, context. So if that mm. scene had been, here's a woman, here's some children, all I get is Green Goblin's terrible. And whatever yep. I yeah. choose is going to suck. Yep. Right? There is no weight on this choice. Either yep. side is just equally bad. And it doesn't really it doesn't really do the thing you want it to do. You have to, yep. again, build up to it. Yep. Um, so, like, doing it just for the purpose of making your villain look extra shitty, like... Yep. Like again, like this puppy or this baby, right? This ten puppies, like this. Ba- I mean, you're just creating a trolley, like the trolley experiment. Yeah. Yep. But instead, if you say like it's your girlfriend or it's your godchild, right? It's your yep. mother or it's ten innocent children. Like what you know, but- making it personal is always going to become a different equation. Yep. Um, yep. Is more yeah. cost. That's the stakes. Again, heroism is sacrifice, which, you know, as we talked about in the villain episode, that's why I always define good and evil as the spectrum from selflessness to selfishness. Yeah. The, the greater extent to the extent to which you were acting in service of others is the, you know, the, the greater pendulum of heroism. Uh, of course, you know, when, when you're dealing with uh, complex characters, especially long form characters, you know, they have bouts of, you know, selfishness, loneliness, where, where they do not rise to the occasion where, where they, they fall or come up short because that is what makes them relatable. You know, I mean, you hear a lot about the flawed hero. I don't know Mm -hmm. that again, that that's what people want. They want what I, what I believe. And I believe, think i can somewhat support by billions of dollars of box office revenue (laughs) is exactly what aaron just said you want to see them stumble but you want to see them get up you know not not a smooth unbroken line to i'm got bitten by a radioactive spider now i beat green goblin i'm heading to the prom we're good we're good (laughs) right that's what you don't want you know yeah uncle ben has to die he has to you know, uh, Mary Jane has to be imperiled. Well, yeah. it's not just Uncle Ben has to die. Uncle Ben has to die because it was Peter's fault. Like, it, it's it's all that stuff. Because it's Peter's fault. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which, uh, and, and we get into this, uh, I, I, this came up, um, I posted a thing on Twitter uh, about um, Magneto and that Magneto was right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Fuck it. Come at me. Magneto was right, you know? And, and uh, somebody was like, well, he's just, he's a mass. He was a, he, somebody referred to Magneto as genocidal. And I'm like, no, he's the one who isn't. He's yeah. the one who isn't. Magneto being a Holocaust survivor is pivotal context for his story. Because mm-hmm. the reason why he and Professor Professor Xavier never see eye to eye is Magneto is like, I've seen what they did to other humans. You know, yeah. they will never accept us, no matter what you think. And that's what makes Magneto a villain is the, even though I guess, you know, over his long history, he's definitely had, you know, heroic turns type thing. He's complicated. Mm-hmm. He's complicated. Yeah. Uh, hashtag he's had his Vegeta episodes. He's had his Vegeta episode, but you know what else? He's also counted to three and moved the coin. You know, um, so. I, I get these references, and you know what? At this point, I kind of want to keep the mystery alive because it's oh, very entertaining. Wait, wait, wait. Have, have you have you ever seen X Men First Class? Have I guess I seen you have. Yeah. I don't think I have. 
It, it's you the should. first one that James McAvoy and, yeah, uh, and oh no, and, I haven't seen that. Okay. Yes, yes. Michael Fassbender or Michael Fassbender's yeah. Magneto. Yeah. See that one. The other ones oh are debatable. I, I like them. And move a coin in that it one, will or? make a lot more sense when uh-huh. you trust me. See uh-huh. that. See that movie. My um, my my but, movie repertoire is lacking. I will. You know that, that's all right. That. You, but you but you've also read thousands of books. Um, that's true. And I'm not, to be clear, also, I'm not trying to be a screenwriter. Folks, if you're trying to be a screenwriter, you better be watching some fucking movies. That's true. All true. <laughs> um, it, um, you can be but, novelist and read some fucking books. But, oh, yeah, okay. the, but, the, but, you know, he is a villain because theoretically, even though he's trying to create a safe place for mutants, he is very much creating it in his own selfish way and is not giving up anything he wants in the pursuit of that because arguably he's already lost it mm-hmm. you know again his family got killed in the holocaust so he's like mm-hmm. i'm already past that and you know now i am what they made me but theoretically that is why magneto is a villain and not a hero um mm-hmm. but because his his the core root of his motivations even though his actions even though what he ultimately wants is not so dissimilar from what the x-men want which is you know a safe place for mutants so mm-hmm yeah. Sorry, I get super pumped about this. Oh no, no, no. I, no. Love it. <laughs> I think the so a thing I want to pull out of that I think that's important that we've kind of talked about before. Like a hero has to care. And mm-hmm. Magneto does yes. care a lot. Yep. So they're like yes. the the sort of the hero that's like too cool for this. Like this is where this falls apart. Like the like a hero like like again, you have to have it your hero has to be challenged. They have to be challenged and then probably challenged again. And a normal person might walk away, but they have to care a lot. And it can't be, I have to do this because I'm a badass or even like, well, I'm mm-hmm. the one who's proximate to the problem. Yeah. Which part of me is like, I feel like this is like, like slapdash D&D game. Like, well, you're there. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and Sell me on it! <laughs> yeah, it, it, it becomes challenging because then you get into characters like the Punisher. Mm-hmm. who is, you know, a hero because he's doing terrible things to people that deserve it. But when the Punisher first came about, the Punisher was a villain. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yep. the the fact that he's like, hey, Daredevil and Spider-Man, you keep catching these people and they keep getting out. Uh, when I catch them, they don't. And he was supposed to be, you know, a dark counterpoint to them, you know? Yeah. Um, theoretically, the fact that he has channeled his, you know, unresolved trauma and unhealed wounds into ideally protecting innocent people is when he makes more of the heroic shift, theoretically, you know, theoretically. The most chaotic thing you can do in this life is find a group of people who care about D&D alignment and ask them what Punisher's alignment is. (laughs) It's it's real fun. It's real fun to watch. I'm tired (laughs) just hearing this. I'll give you the Punisher's alignment. Lawful evil. Thank you. Anywho. Uh, I hate alignment so much. Yeah. Um, So... when 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 you're when you're sitting down though and you're you're doing the the like let's talk let's talk about like you know plot and stuff like that mm-hmm. what are some things that you look for that you're like okay this this is like the heroic thing like you're talking about like they need to do things that are selfless they need to do things that are heroic but like how do you what what's something that pops into your head as a way of doing that in the plot so you know we talk about sorry Aaron. you say i won't forget my thing and i've interrupted you repeatedly you start no see you're spouting so much wisdom that i'm like <laughs> do i need to say a little weedy thing here no yes you do. Is just gonna oh I, i've completely gonna, fallen back into hosting just, duty I'm, of just I putting mean, stuff out there i'm <laughs> not i'm not mad about it um so okay so in uh brimstone angels frequently i think that the, the key is so um to make it clear that it is totally uh, there is a path out of this to give them the option to walk away um frida cannot walk away this is not within her personality it is not within her beliefs about the world and so she stays around and she does the difficult thing um i think that is what makes her heroic 
in those in, in those varied instant instances um that or or that she has the opportunity to do something selfish and self-enriching but instead she does the thing that is better for the the, the greater good the bigger majority of people um and i think both of those really hammer home that your protagonist is a hero um, it is not just about having a lot of power. It is not just about doing a good thing. It is about doing a good thing when it is easier to do a selfish thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm. and that is, I think, the simplest way and the clearest way uh, to to really amplify the heroics of your character. Part of me is like, this will happen because you created a heroic character, because you created a character who cares about uh, the greater good, um, about about doing the heroic thing, because when the story falls together, you know, you'll see, you'll see the logical way out of this, right? How, how could I not, you know, how could I not, uh, face down, um, a demon or (laughs) (laughs) how could I avoid, um, dealing with, uh, an incursion of Abolith? Because I would rather do that personally. Um, I don't know that I'm a terribly heroic person because I would get the fuck out of most of these situations. (laughs) The Matrix. Why, Mr. Anderson, why do you persist because I choose to? God, you're just bringing up great movie moments. (laughs) God dang it. (laughs) It's the best thing. The best thing. And it was the same thing. You know, Smith has won. Smith, they, this is it. There's nothing left but Neo. There's, there is no reason to keep fighting. Which Smith, why, Mister Anderson? Why, why get up? Why keep fighting? Mm-hmm. I can't do that whole monologue. I won't. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, time at the end. <laughs> um, uh, I can remind me to tell you guys something when we're not recording. Um, okay. Uh. What well, next time? Next time I'm not monologuing. I'll write it in chat so you can so you can see it here. Uh, I, I will say a, co- a couple things about heroic characteristics. I feel well. Let me let me make a greater point, then I'll tell you my specific point. Um, as much as we talk about the movie Save the Cat, that's what that is referring to. That you have mm-hmm. a hero do something that mm-hmm. shows that they're the good guy. Uh, a lot of times in older cinema, there was the conceit of literally saving a cat. You know, yeah. you're, you remember even The Incredibles kind of did an homage to it. You know that mm-hmm. your, your, your <laughs> he hero saves a cat, the villain kicks a puppy. Exactly, exactly. Honestly, you know, it used to be mm-hmm. pretty clear cut. You're like, oh, that's mm-hmm. the bad guy. I got it. You know, versus this dude went up in the tree to save the old woman's kitten. Um, but but it is far more like what Aaron was saying. Um, in the sense that, you know, you, you have to do the right thing when doing the right thing is difficult. Arguably, when doing the right thing is going to catch cost you everything. Would you come mm-hmm. back to the example of Frodo, Frodo versus Gollum? You know, that Gollum couldn't give up the ring. Not only could he not give up the ring, he was happy to fall to his death with it. You know, that like at the last second, he'd done it. You know, whereas Frodo despite all temptation got to the point that he was going to throw it in the fire you know and that's that's the difference b- b- between the two of them you know that was the that's why a sildor couldn't couldn't get it done that i was there when the strength of men failed you know because oh. uh yeah <laughs> again why didn't you sparta kick him into the lava but okay <laughs> <laughs> you just looked at me well, well, okay. Like, <laughs> the phrase "Sparta kick him into the lava" is now part of my lexicon. I hope you don't mind if I repeat it. It's my gift it. to you. It's my gift to you. Especially when referring to Hugo Weaving, though. One hundred percent. Yep. Uh, that is a really hey. good point. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. No, that like hero like everything that y'all are saying is a hundred percent stuff that like i kind of subconsciously learned um mm-hmm. going through like because like i 100 percent did the thing um that aaron was talking about where the hero needs to care mm-hmm. um i you know i because i started writing in my later teens and so of course i had the, the the badass character that was too cool for school and just did stuff to do it um but aaron's now read the adult trevor iteration of that <laughs> character and he cares trevor trevor after dark you know well i, I think <laughs> oh, no, there, no, there was god damn it there, there was there was definitely um god. The, <laughs> there definitely was a time in in storytelling you send me that shit i'm sending it back <laughs> i mean she's gonna read it though 
Uh, there was a time. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, right. I've I've sent. The, I wish you guys could see their their faces. I've sent them in chat. My 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 lamentation that 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 was a big part of why it was going to happen. Um, <sighs> yeah, I have to be. I, I'm vague booking. Sorry, listeners, but it, it is a tale of woe. Um, yeah. But um, I lost it. Never mind. I was a. Uh, oh, you, oh and you know what? I'm I'm leaving. I'm leaving that long pause in there. Somebody checked their phone because they thought the podcast stopped. <laughs> True. No, uh, wait, you were, uh, oh, 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 yeah, I know what I'm saying. There, there was a time in storytelling, especially around the late 90s, early aughts, that you got a lot of those I'm too cool characters, yeah. you yeah. know? And it doesn't really work, you know? Not really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or, or at least it doesn't work long, you know? Mm-hmm. You've got you also got a lot very, of them in, in I, uh, I feel okay, like it's out of favor too yeah like i think we all got a little tired of i'm cool because i don't care about anything i think we've all Mm -hmm. looked around and go no you need to fucking care about some things yeah yeah like i i i do think that like video games also had a had a hand in that where it was like because you know it was always the player that's pushing the the hero forward so they could just have the character who just didn't care like devil may cry (laughs) like dante does not care (laughs) at all it's an empty vessel it's just going and you're like okay yeah, but then there's like um uh Cowboy Bebop, Spike. Um he seems like he doesn't care. Bang. But then there's always that moment. There's a moment I can't remember which episode it is where like he starts to walk away and then stops and goes, "Damn it." Yeah. And then he goes and does the thing. Yeah. Well, you know, and you find out Spike really cared about Julia. Yep. You know? Yep. Really cared about Vicious. Yep. You know, and, and and you know how how we got here. You know, you 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 need that and i i think it's um uh it, because that that's that's a bigger payoff honestly you know what i mean and that that's why you know the internet loves disaster children and also oftentimes we love the villain even though you know they're usually hot uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no he's hot yeah um yeah a, a thousand percent because it's um you know even even you take a character like um you take a, a john wick which Aaron, have you seen the first John Wick? No. This is okay. This I'm not coming from a place of judgment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, no, no, we're not. We're not no. shaming. We're not yeah, shaming. Right. The, you, I no, have you, a hard time sitting through a movie. I have to break them up. That's fair. Yeah, valid. Zone of safety. Here, here's the thing. I never knock anybody for what they haven't seen. I'm just <laughs> like, oh, there's something so great waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. Well, I, I'm gonna be vague because you haven't seen it, but I will just say. John Wick has the single greatest inciting incident yes. okay, in storytelling history. Because yes. I have yeah. existed on the internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> you were <are> so <laughs> thoroughly on John Wick's side about yeah. 10 minutes into the no, movie. No one yeah. questioned John Wick's motives. Yeah. Ever. yeah. You're like, so this this is what's happening now. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, villains kill puppies, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, you know, the the puppy his dead wife gave him. Right. I. Uh, it's just the I like, puppy. I like that they elevated it to be extra personal. Gave him. Well, that, yeah. like, that's the thing we're talking about, right? Yep. The villain kills a puppy. I feel like, oh, you pushed the button. You made yep. him yeah. go. Look, I'm evil. Okay, whatever. The puppy his dead wife gave him. Oh, it gets so personal now. Yep. It's yeah. not just I took the cute thing out back and killed it. It's like. Yep. I took the last memory of your wife, yep. well, and, and, and you will and never I, have another one. Yep, Bam! like like that personal thing is definitely like it. It it's not just like what brings out the hero though. Like it's definitely mm-hmm. in some regards what uh, you know makes that villain even more. You're talking about Green Goblin holding up random people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I like I think about uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yep. He he can catch like anyone on the street, but Moriarty is there to fuck with him. Yep. He is there to make it personal for Sherlock. And he makes it personal by going, if you don't do this, like, it's going to all fall on you. Uh-huh. And so much of his sense of self is built into the fact that he can solve anything. Yep. He's like, but what if you couldn't? Yeah. Yep. And I think that's important, too. Like, in, in stories in general, like, this is, like, as much as you can elevate stakes, do it. Because yep. we're we're standing in your in your character's head. And so the more we understand that they stand to lose, the more we understand the necessity of it and, I, uh, and the impact of it. Oh, I, so I, I just I, I, took, wait, both of you so excited. It's true. No, Trevor, do your thing. I, I made a note. You say your words, oh, Trevor. Oh, so, uh, well, your t- stakes was a thing that you brought up when you when we talked about my book. Mm-hmm. 
And literally because of talking with you about it and like elevating the stakes and everything, I outlined a scene this week that 100% wouldn't have existed if like I didn't have your voice in the back of my head of just like raise the stakes, raise the stakes. And it's, it was to the point that I started writing. I'm like, oh shit, this is cool. <laughs> oh shit, this is going down. <laughs> I ask people that all the time, especially like because people talk to me about how do I get into writing? How do I get into streaming? And one of the questions you got to ask yourself is like, why is anybody going to read this? Why is anybody mm -hmm. give a shit about the, the thing yeah. that you're going to put out into the world? Why? You know, and you should be able to answer that. I would also draw um because again i very much sing the gospel of stakes i've said more than once my method of storytelling is i ask myself what is the worst possible outcome of their action or inaction and then i do that thing you know and then like what's the worst thing that could happen and i do it um but it is important to draw a distinction between stakes versus scale you know oh yes, that is okay a really good okay point. Yeah, you know, the stakes might be the woman I love is going to leave me if I don't beat this gambling problem, but I got to go win this one more tournament. Oh. You know what I mean? Ow! Ah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I, yes. I mean, no and I think this sort of... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please, please. No, please, please. <laughs> this sort of speaks to kind of the notes I was giving you, like, and especially with sort of spec fic, because we'll be like, oh, and the world might blow up. Um mm -hmm. And okay, I understand the world blowing up is a bad thing. I understand I might die is a bad thing. But unless you contextualize it, I don't really feel it, right? Mm -hmm. um, if the, the world mo might blow up and my adorable child will then die. That's a mm -hmm. different experience than like, yeah, and it won't be here tomorrow. Um, yeah. I might die is is bad. I get that. But I've, I, I mean, I so be, I, I'm going to admit something to you guys. I've never died before. So I don't really have context for that. But if it's like, uh, if my, if this character, like that, you know, they could die and then no one will be there to do this incredibly important thing. And, you know, these people will suffer in this very relatable way. Like that has more impact. The yeah. more you can make it personal and concrete, the better. And so that scale thing, like, again, like you can tell me this will wipe London off the map. I've never been to London. So that only means so much. And people yeah. in London, I hope your city doesn't get wiped off the map. But that has a different impact. I mean, but what if, if it's you, awesome? I mean, I bet it is. I bet it's amazing. I would love to go someday. But fundamentally, like, if you show me through the character's eyes why it's important, why it matters, why they need that to still be there, why they need London to exist, it will have more impact. Um, yeah. And if it's, like, something like, yeah, my wife will leave me, like... You know, I've never had a wife leave me, but I can understand. <laughs> I can understand. You bet a thousand. We all hope one day, but no. Uh, <laughs> the, the, you know, we can all understand the like the feeling of worry of like yeah. you know mm -hmm. your your spouse not being there. Like I can I can relate to these smaller things better than the bigger things, mm -hmm. and the bigger things will cause smaller things that have those emotional triggers. So I would definitely like figure out well, like for your character why does this fucking matter if London's yeah. not there. Well, well the, 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 the one, the examples that I thought of while you were talking was, uh, so we had Spider-Man, Green Goblin, Hole, and Mary Jane, and some kids. Like, we understand the, that, we understand the stakes, you know, kids, Mary Jane, like, that, that we understand those. Mm -hmm. Then you go to Suicide Squad. There is an evil god that is gonna destroy, I don't even know what fucking DC city it was, they didn't even tell me. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of level two characters that are gonna go fight a level 20 god. Like, we don't, we don't under, like, those stakes are like, okay, I guess, mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. But then, like, kind of marrying the two is um, Terminator Judgment Day. The whole world oh, yeah. is at stake, but that's not the threat that's that's not the stakes. That's the timer because the stakes is John Connor's being hunted by a robot. It's, and he's got to do the thing he came back to do. You've been yeah. targeted for termination. Not not only that, there's the intrinsic desperation of the fact that we've already this has already happened. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, it's it's you you can't stop Judgment Day. Even though Terminator Three was an objectively garbage movie. <laughs> the fact <laughs> The fact that they, you know, they couldn't stop it, and it was more—it was about sort of living. The fact that we've had yeah. several movies yeah. act as if that one did not happen really yeah. shows it. I, I mean, love but, how uh, there's uh, like a like a like a film critique 
podcast mm. nested into this. I it's really true. It's, it's layers, layers. You, you know, we're 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 intellectuals here. We're the um, onion but, of podcast. But the uh, we're the the chili's blooming onion of podcast. Um, the, um, but in in, in a, 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 so much of this also comes down to context. You know, the stake stakes is is intimately interwoven with context. You take something like Star Wars. The Death Star blows up Alderaan. To Aaron's point, like, man, that sucks. I bet that was a nice place. You know, Leia's parents were there. That's that's That sucks. Yeah. That's not why blowing up Alderaan ma- matters. It's when the Death Star has cleared the planet on Yavin 4 and the X-Wings are trying to blow it up before mm-hmm. it kills all these people. Mm-hmm. That's the stakes. <laughs> you know, they just had to establish that they can and will blow up a planet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now they're going to blow up a planet that you've been on for the last 90 minutes, you know? And they're like, oh, no. Like, wait, I like those people. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, my God. They can't get killed. I think that also... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just having this realization that, like, A New Hope is that definition of the meme where it's just like, I don't care about that. It doesn't affect me. Affects him. I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's exactly that. You're welcome. I think... I do think that scene does set up a good point of like giving Leia like like okay here's his choice would you like to make the choice that that benefits you or no and it it sort of stems as like well no we're real fucked up over here but you're right like yeah. it's totally it's totally set up for that later uh, later situation and the stakes of it because then we're like oh no they really could do this we've seen it happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To that, that was you know all things being equal I did not like most of the changes of the special edition I'm a bit of a purist but one of the best things they did for the Star Wars special edition is when the Death Star has cleared the planet and they go to shoot and the laser's coming and it goes so far as that green triangle appears in front of the Death Star and then it mm-hmm. explodes like, mm-hmm. they were, like they were that close you know, and I was like, okay, okay, brava, brava, <laughs> brava, golf clap, golf clap, yeah, golf clap, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, um, yeah, because, e- e- yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Sorry, I was, I was, I was so, so many, so many things to to diatribe on. <laughs> I love this episode. Oh yeah, no, this, so this, excited. It's <laughs> like y'all can't see that I'm like, like literally like bouncing up and down well, over here. Glowing. Honestly. I, I what what what's some other things that you want to hit on on heroes? Because you, you've you've talked about this, so well, I, want, I want to know. I, 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 I'm not sure that I made my previous point all the way through to to the the conclusion that I was trying to. In that heroism is not necessarily about a checklist of things they do. It does arrive out of char- mm. out of character. It comes from knowing who that character is, and if you know who that character is they will act appropriately in the moment. Because if you try to be like, the orphanage is on fire, they must go in and save the orphans. I mean, it's probably going to end up kind of like flat and cliche and everybody's going to see it coming. Like, of course they save the orphan. Who wouldn't? You know, anyone is going to save the orphans. You know, mm-hmm. um, you need um, some other aspect of it. And there's a lot of ways even to skin that proverbial cat that can reveal hero, you know? Um, especially if you've got a group, if you've got an ensemble, that type of thing is an excellent way to show who these people are. Mm-hmm. Do they storm in the front door of the burning orphanage? Do they go to the well and, and start bailing water to put out the fire? Do they, you know, magically uh, tear the roof off and in a swirl lift the flames out of it? You know what I mean? How they solve problems can reveal character also, which is still an element of heroism. Also, what 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 is their motivation? Why are they doing this? You know, why? It, 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 again, to go back to Batman versus Superman. And, you know, Kathleen um, Snyder saying she understood that people don't want their heroes deconstructed. And it's like, no, you don't. You don't want a world where Clark Kent's alarm clock goes off and he doesn't want to be Superman. Yeah. You know, that he wakes up like, ah, truth, justice in the American way again. <laughs> <laughs> I had that the last 30 years. You know, uh, you know, we don't want that. And and I think I think it is it is because the world is dubious and gray enough that we prefer 
someone to take a stand and be one thing or the other. And this is a discussion that I was having with a, another friend of mine about storytelling and the point that they make and they are adamant about and say that they have research to back up. I don't know. But that they say, you know, the, the younger generation of people, you know, the Gen Z audiences and stuff do not want nuance. They want that's the good guy and that's the bad guy. You know, hmm. and, and I, it is very clear to me, um, which, again, I don't necessarily know that I agree with, although this is a very smart person. They wouldn't say this idly. And I mean, I can see someone who's come up in the last 20 years very much being like, just tell me the fucking enemy is, please, please. Just like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Give me something I can hit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that there there is an audience for that, though, because I mean for sure marvel movies are like that but like james bond movies like that's the villain hmm? that's the that's the dude hmm? and there's james bond there is the good guy there is the bad guy well you know I, I, again some of that though like you take a show like hannibal mm -hmm. which mm. was brilliant uh aaron did you see any of hannibal no but i don't watch uh, scary be, stuff because i'm very so impressionable true to be fair i didn't watch it either because i said gore. <laughs> so he, i saw he, briefly something that involved people with flayed backs posed like angels was that hannibal yeah. nope sorry yep. that was out. when i was I done don't do horror and <laughs> hannibal is magnificent i will say it will is graphic that. as fuck yeah, in parts can't do it. but it can't is do it. brilliant um, I'll, even the I'll, horror, horror I'll is listen to the podcast version. Right. Even though, <laughs> well, here's the problem. You, it's worth watching just for Mad Mickelson's outfits because every oh, single yeah. thing he wears is Hannibal are just immaculate. But let's just be honest. Everything Mads Mickelson wears is magnificent. It's true. Every, let's just, every, can, I think we can all agree Mads Mickelson, you know? <laughs> um, Fair. But, you know, that story had a very, it, it had a nested narrative that honestly is a quasi-romance in, in many ways, the way mm -hmm. it's constructed, of Will Graham and Hannibal. And we, the audience, I mean, we arrive at Hannibal knowing Hannibal Lecter's killing people. Then yeah. even in the narrative, you find out pretty fucking early that Hannibal's killing people while Will Graham is catching people that are killing people and Hannibal's helping him do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the there is... Hannibal gets a heroic treatment in the story it it stops short of saying he's good which mm -hmm. uh and hang on i gotta make a note for myself in my in my mid rant here um <laughs> you know it, it never it never absolves him but there's times that for instance like hannibal goes out and catches other serial killers for instance like he does it himself mm -hmm. But he's not doing it to bring them to justice like Will is. He's bringing, he's doing it out of ego. Like, I'm better than you. Like, I'm smarter <laughs> than you. And, you know, and you kind of suck and you got got by me, you know? So they're kind of, kind of an inversion. And Will and Hannibal's characters weave in and out of each other over the three seasons. I will just say that in, in a very interesting way. But another I'm movie. I'm never going to watch this. It's too scary. I just need yeah. you to know that. It's it, it's rough at parts, but it's but it it really again I'm I'm not that person that is just like oh it's not that scary you should watch it you know horror is not my jam but it, it is mm -hmm. more of a drama than a horror horror but there's definitely a couple of moments where you're like Jesus Christ they put that yeah, on TV fucking yeah. uh, angel wings man yeah. on the backs yeah yeah <laughs> but what yeah. but, but a, a movie that I had a real problem with uh, was this most recent Joker movie uh, the Joaquin mm -hmm. Phoenix one. I liked it, but the narrative never said he's wrong for this. Mm -hmm. The things he's doing are wrong. You know, you're you. Yeah. They make him so sympathetic all along, and you're like, yeah, he's been pushed and pushed and pushed. But it's like, yeah, but so's like everybody though. So's so's everybody. <laughs> get in line. Get in yeah. line. Yeah. Yeah, like, I get that you're sad, and so you're just going to start shooting people? Because, I mean, because there's going to be a lot of fucking people getting shot tomorrow, then, if that's, <laughs> if that's the line. You know what I mean? That That's that's mm -hmm. what that movie didn't sit with me quite right, you know? Yeah. The, 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 I, I really loved the uh, the tweet you did the other day. The, uh, you uh, missed the point if you idolize them starter kit. And it had Joker, <laughs> <Yeah>. Rick Sanchez, <laughs> and stuff in there. Yeah, it was yep. really good. Yep, yeah. and, and there was a couple of dudes in the chat that were like, no, but that guy, I'm all like, 
Everybody, don't date that fucker. Him right there. See that? <laughs> that guy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We need like the modern version of a Scarlet A. <laughs> like a scarlet tf for that fucker yeah. <laughs> a reverse a reverse twitter check mark you know yeah. uh, um well we we're we're getting towards uh the, the end here and we still gotta have our uh our word count conversation oh yeah word um count. word count um that, that we did not talk about this previously beat and i just randomly say words like that mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh the, any last things that you want to hit on heroes? I'm leaving that pause in too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I have a, I have a, a I think it's a post-show conversation that's not related okay. to this topic enough. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, I definitely do want to, to drive home the, the, what B Day was saying, and I know he did a lot with of just all like of it. the all uh, of yeah, it. Yeah, no, seriously, but but like definitely like the 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 two ones that the things that stick out for me is the the selflessness and the needing to care. Yeah. Like, um, Technically, those I two said you need to care, but whatever. Well, yeah, sorry, I, 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 meant, <laughs> I meant to I meant to put it in there to you, but mm -hmm. B Dave saying that the selflessness and you saying the the needing to care really is in there because if you have a hero and you ask why are they doing this and you go i don't know <laughs> yeah that's, that's bad you've, you've done it it's bad. not yeah it, it it it's it's not as good like like you, like go back to luke skywalker he's like why does he do it it's like he he saw what the empire does he decided he wanted to put a stop to that he decided he had a chance to be a jedi and he took up that call and he fucking went like they're they're it's so freaking important for a hero to have that because yes, you can have the anti-heroes, you can have the the Dante heroes and stuff like that. But I definitely think that they're it's not they're never gonna have the uh, I can do this all day moment that Captain America has. Never and and Ever. Again, again, you know, to circle all the way back to the beginning, I, I draw a distinction between a hero and a protagonist because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know you can have a terrible protagonist and and yeah. tell that story, you know, and that's yeah. okay, you know that that's that's okay. Um, I think more than anything, I would say that it's the concept of heroism is not cliche. I think because mm -hmm. you hear that so much lately and again people thinking they don't want that but again and again we come back to it because something mm -hmm. in our reptile brain something in the <laughs> deepest depths of us as homo sapiens craves that mm -hmm. and yeah, there's a reason why I was a hero with a thousand faces and it's going to keep happening you know in the matrix lord of the rings star wars harry potter same story same story, <laughs> you know, and it's going to happen again and again and again and again. So the, yeah. the more ways you can find to tap into that primal need and scratch that itch in a new and different way is the, you know, the, the extent to which your, your work will, you know, live. Um, I was going to say live in infamy, but hopefully not. That, you know, will, 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 will will truly resonate with people and will feel like it actually matters. Yeah. Heck yeah. I just think you well, should like re-listen to this one more time and absorb everything B. Dave said. Because I had a lot of smart stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> uh well uh I think that's a good place to stop uh conversations. How do we all do on our word count this week? Did I say four thousand or thirty five hundred? I know I lowered it. I I feel um I think you went to 3,500. I feel like I said 3,500, which I'm hoping I was 3,500 because I did 3,600. So if Yay! I go back and listen and it was 4,000, I was like, Whoa! you know, yeah, no, it was rough. This, this, this was a day. This, this was a day. And yeah, and you, you want to know the supreme irony of all of this? I wrote a blog post today in, in service of my writing course that I'm going to be doing that was about uh finding time to write and restarting your practice when you when you stalled out and I'm all like huh? <laughs> 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 oh too real yeah oh, I don't remember what I said either uh, uh but I did the math yeah we should start writing uh, these uh, down uh, probably you 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 had you'd been down in the threes and you actually hit four I think you also said 3,500. I think we both well, said 3,500. I crushed it because I did mm. 4,566. Hey. Yeah. I'm 
very much patting myself on the back for coming up with the idea of having a Twitch show where I write. Because <laughs> it's working really good. Yep. It's that social pressure. If I stop, yep. then everybody's going to see. Mm, true. Yep. It's true. <laughs> I mean, pleased. You- I also figured out a. Uh, so it's a mystery, right? So there's a like something happened in the past and people in the present didn't realize what happened and now we're suddenly aware of it um, and it causes problems in the present. Uh, so the story in the past, uh, I was writing along and one of the characters like, oh, there was actually two people and this matters because there's also a body and it might be their body. And that changes everything in a way that makes me very happy. So I love when those kinds of things happen. It is the best feeling in the world when your own characters can surprise you. Oh, yeah. Especially when they do it and you're like, yes, I I needed that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When they're they're like, no, I won't do that. You're like, fuck you. (laughs) I got to go back and figure out where I went wrong. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, I can change that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like, come Um, at me. It's going to be a hard edit. Yep. I definitely think I need to take my work countdown uh, goal to, to 2000 because I, I am still doing outlining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hit 2000. I said I was going to do 25, but I hit 2000. That's fine. Um, That's and uh, I, I definitely think it's because I haven't been doing the kernel scenes, but uh, and so much of my time is sitting there outlining, staring at a wall and then going, there it is. Okay. <laughs> That's Man, why I'm that's... not doing a streaming show right now because it'll be mostly me staring off this way. <laughs> you know, I, it's you. You cannot put enough weight and value in that early outlining process. That you're you're mm-hmm. doing all the heavy lifting, man. Like like I said, yeah. for me, I do it with the beats. My my outline is usually fairly lean, but it exists for 100 percent of things because yeah. that then you'll just move through it. And you won't, uh, you know, repeat the mistakes of people who shall not be named in this episode for once. Dude, I, I, I know what you mean, because like the first time I actually got to write a book with a full outline, I was like, oh, my God, it's just it's all there. Mm-hmm. I just got to keep going. Because, you know, Aaron, I see your face. You're surprised. I know because this is a happy occasion. We're having a happy episode. We're having a happy episode. Yeah, you're going to point yeah. at it too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, yeah, but but I not to not to belabor the point, especially when we're uh-huh. wrapping things up. But again, yeah, when when you take the time to outline, you've already done the heavy lifting. You've already done the hard part of like, why is this like this? Well, because this. Wait, why is that like that? Because this other thing. And you're like, oh, okay. And as you are going through the work, and when you get there organically, if something doesn't fit anymore, you adjust then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did it in the revision. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But even doing it, yeah, even doing it that first time, even if the outline you do turns out to be nothing like the finished book, like running through it once the first time in outline means you didn't do that as a draft. And that's yeah, here, you know, here's my the where I point out that the the first draft of the crystal shard didn't even have drits in it. Yep. Imagine that. Yeah, right. I know. Like, just imagine. that. Yeah. That's like being like Star Wars didn't have Luke Skywalker in it. It's like, well, what were they talking about for 90 yeah, minutes? Yeah, no, they had a Starkiller. <laughs> Luke Starkiller. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, I think that is a good place to end this week's episode. Friends, where can people find you? What awesome things are you working on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron M. Evans. Uh, you can listen to me on Wednesday mornings at 11 with these guys on Champions of Lore. We talk about the lore behind Idle Champions of Forgotten Realms. That's on twitch.tv slash CNE Games. You can also find me on twitch.tv slash Dungeon Scrawlers first at, um, on Mondays uh, from 1.30 to 4 for Concentration Check. I co-write yeah. in Space, which is the aforementioned show where I write and you watch me and we guilt each other into continuing to make progress. Uh, also, we chat a little bit. Uh, and then again on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Pacific for Dungeon Scrawlers, an actual play show with a bunch of fantasy writers. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I need is more Aaron in my life. That's true. <laughs> you can just watch all the weird faces I make for a couple hours. I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. If there's one, if there's one reason besides the guilt of writing, it's to see the faces Aaron makes while she's writing. Because it's a, it's, it's like, okay, no, I'm gonna do this. It's very serious. And then she goes, wait, no, okay, yeah, there it is. <laughs> I, 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 I love my face and its antics. Anyway. I love Aaron's thinking face because you see, like, it, 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 it's like watching the Windows system tray. Like, you see all the programs. Running, they just like go across her face. 
<laughs> yeah, in, in real time. Uh, I am what I am. It's true. Never change. Uh, <laughs> Monday, uh, we now have uh, 11 a.m. Demi Planer with B. Dave Walters, which is our TTRPG talk show where I talk about either deep dive into nerdistry or have interesting people on or do both. Um, I don't know when you're going to hear this, so I can't tell you who my next guest is, but I guarantee it was somebody dope. So uh, check that out. <laughs> uh, Tuesdays is Heroes of the Plains. Um Nothing currently Wednesday, NDA bullets. Thursday, Black Dice Society. Friday is LA by night. Uh, and then uh, Sunday is the Gax Pack. So I don't expect you to keep up with all that. Just follow me on the Tweetograms at B. Dave Walters. Also, the aforementioned writing course, especially if you made it all the way here to the end, uh, is at Lawson Writing Academy. I'm just margielawson.com. I'm pretty sure is the URL. Uh, if not, I'm sure I've posted it on the Tweetograms a lot. So there you go. Yeah. Follow them on the Tweetograms. Uh, you can find me on way too many podcasts which you can find on my Twitter account at the Trevor there is an A hiding in there thank you so much for listening to this episode if you enjoyed this show the best way to support it is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice if you have any questions or topic suggestions you can send them into writing about dragons and shit at gmail.com and if you'd like to keep up to date on the show you can follow us on Twitter at about dragons but until next week go write about some dragons and shit 